your state, your team, your show. This is Sports Nightly. With the ball, Teddy Allen shoots an NBA three. Got it! Bang! A ring! Teddy Allen with a trio. And with 2.35 to go in the first half, Nebraska's up 32-29. to 29. Sports Nightly is presented by the NDOT Highway Safety Office, who reminds you to buckle up and put the phone down. Now, let's check the pulse of Husker Nation with your hosts, Greg Sharp and Ben McLaughlin. Yeah, we're here. We were supposed to be, but only for like 30 minutes. And then we were going to hand it off to John Bader, Lauren Cooks, kick back, listen to high-level volleyball, number one versus number four, but not to be. The cancellation of the Huskers weekend series with Wisconsin, one of a handful in Big Ten volleyball. So you've got us for the next three hours, and we'll do our best to keep you entertained here tonight. Hope you have had a good week. We really we haven't been with you since Monday. We've had two Husker men's games, uh, one women's game. The unfortunate thing, Ben, is we haven't had a win all week in any of those sports. That was uh, disappointing. Uh, I, I want to get your thoughts about the 41 points. We heard the Teddy Allen highlight there to open the show. How about the 41 points he poured in against Penn State on Tuesday night? That was something else. Yeah, man, I mean <laughs> – we, we, we've heard really ever since he got to campus, you know, his scoring capabilities. And I think we've seen it in spurts. We, we've yet to see him do it for, you know, a 40-minute stretch. And I think we finally saw it. I and mean, we saw mm-hmm. what he was able to do at junior college pretty much every time he touched the floor. Um, doing a lot of different ways, you know, from the three-point line, driving in, uh, and the free-throw line too. So, you know, you just hope that with that could come some consistency there and you know, we kind of saw the the other end of that spectrum against Illinois. Not that he was entirely inefficient, but um, just wasn't able to get the shots up and through uh, like he was against Penn State. But yeah, absolutely phenomenal effort from him. Um, you know, and hopefully plenty more of those days ahead. Well, and last night he he didn't he didn't get it going, and I think some a lot of that was was the way the the Illini were going to get after Nebraska. They were going to make somebody else beat them. And I, really, maybe, Ben, for only the second time this year, you kind of felt like Nebraska just wasn't all there, even though they, they were still part of this game with like 12, 11 or 12 minutes to go. They had it a single-digit margin. And I know uh, Illinois didn't have I.O. That was a huge thing for them. But you could kind of – I thought you could kind of see some fatigue last night. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the turnovers and the defensive breakdowns just ha- happened too frequently um, last night, and I know that's where the frustration with Coach Hoiberg kind of set in. You know, you, you, you saw Nebraska kind of fight back and try and throw some punches, but you, Illinois just – they had the trump card. You know, Kofi Coburn is maybe the toughest player in America to match up with, um, you know, and Nebraska just doesn't have the personnel to really do that. You know, Derek Walker and Eduardo Andre and Ivan, you know, those guys can can battle him as as much as they can. But ultimately, you know, there's just no contest, you know, and, um, you know, he just had had the upper hand. They had a couple of other players really step up in in Io's absence and they played well on their senior night. And unfortunately for Nebraska, they just weren't able to do it. Um, Just need to see some more consistency out of these guys. We've We've seen the ups on a lot of the players, but unfortunately we're seeing a lot of the downs right now. Guys like Delano Banton, 
you know, really struggling to find his way right now, um, you know, with all the different things that he can do on the floor. He's just not really adding that much. You know, there was one nice take he had to the basket, and you're thinking, well, it would be nice to see that a little bit more, um, you know, given his size advantage that he has at the point guard position. We've seen some inconsistencies with Trey McGowan's. I think he did everything he could last night to keep Nebraska in the game and, you know, just unfortunately wasn't meant to be. But I think that's the biggest thing right now outside of the, you know, the game-to-game type situations that we've seen, right? Penn State, the offensive rebounding, second chance points was their bugaboo last night, the careless turnovers and defensive breakdowns. I mean, each night kind of presents their own learning points, but I think overall as a whole, my biggest thing is just finding consistency from these players every every night. You know, that's what makes, you know, these these guys that we're seeing, right, the guys that we're talking about, Ayo Dunsumu, Kofi Coburn, Luca Garza, Joe Wieskamp, you know, those guys are consistent, you know, and not to say they don't have bad games, everybody does, but, you know, just try and keep the ends of the spectrum a little narrower and, you know, be more consistent on a night-to-night basis because I think when these, you know, when you see, Greg, just think about how, how good Nebraska can be when Teddy's on, when Trey's making mm-hmm. his, his drives, when Delano's, you know, doing the things that he does that make him, uh, a good player, the versatility that he shows when Kobe Webster is knocking down shots. Nebraska is a significantly better team when those guys are. I mean, it's the most obvious statement of the year. But you know, when those guys are all playing at their peak level, they can play with anybody. But when they're off, they can lose to about anybody. And I think we're starting to see more of that tail end of the spectrum the more games that they play in this kind of crammed COVID makeup type schedule. Four left. Four regular season games left tomorrow. Uh, against Minnesota, and then Monday, Rutgers. Those are both at home. Next Thursday, they go to Iowa City to play the Hawkeyes, and they finish it up with Northwestern at home. Northwestern won for the first time in a long time last night, beating the Gophers. I think both of those games, the bookends, Minnesota and Northwestern, are very, very winnable. Rutgers, I think, will be difficult, and and I know playing at Iowa, unless Iowa's just off shooting the three, that's going to be a tall task for the Huskers. But I think there's a chance for some wins, including the one tomorrow night against the Gophers as they um, get out there. The women also play tomorrow. Uh, they'll take on – in fact, it's their final home game. How about that? Final home game already. They take on Michigan State tomorrow at PBA, and then they finish it up on the road at Iowa next weekend on a Saturday to finish off their regular season. And then both teams will head to Indianapolis for the Big, the Big Ten tournament. Can you imagine, Ben, the disappointment that John Cook and the Huskers have to feel – they lost – this is the sixth weekend of, of Big Ten Volleyball. They've only played four of the six weekends because they had the Northwestern weekend taken away from them at the 11th hour. Remember, that that thing didn't get called till like 90 mm-hmm. minutes before the, the match was to begin on Friday. Northwestern was already here. And then finding out yesterday that no match this weekend against the number one team in Wisconsin. There, there's, I can't imagine the frustration level right now at the Devaney Center with those teams. Absolutely. I mean, man, you're coming off a, your, your season's best performance against Minnesota on, you know, last Sunday, and you're feeling really good about yourself to go take on the number one team in the country who, oh, by the way, knocked, knocked you out of the NCAA tournament last year. You're starving to go play them, and instead you've got the, the plug pulled yet again. So, yeah, I, I just I feel for those players. I feel for the coaches to have that opportunity taken from them. And, and who knows if they're going to be able to, to, to get this make, made back up. I guess we'll just kind of have to wait and see. 
Yeah, I think there's a possibility of it. I don't know what you know. I know this is that this is going to get me in hot water here, but I just don't understand because there's a handful of Big Ten teams that are not playing. Why don't you adjust? You knew on Thursday. Maybe you have to adjust to a Saturday Sunday, but you Nebraska knew twenty four over twenty four hours ago they weren't playing this weekend. Go play somebody you haven't played and get a match in this week. I just don't understand why this league will not adjust. You got a, you got an answer for me? No, <laughs> I don't. I don't. <laughs> it's on. been a question we've been asking since what September? Yep, uh, late September we've been asking that question, and it's you got to think by now. It's just if you if you don't have an answer to the question by now, you just you're never going to get it. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm done expecting that that to change. Um, you know, it seems to be you know a priority for only certain schools and in certain instances. You know, remember back at football when. You know, all of a sudden after, um, you know, Wisconsin starts dealing with COVID and then you get Ohio State. Now, oh, we're going to throw in a rule now that if by Wednesday, you know, another opponent is free, then you can schedule something. But that was only the case um, for football. And then once COVID happened in basketball, Nebraska, you have to play 100 games in five days. Michigan, you get to kind of, you know, spread it out a little bit and not not play as many. And then with, you know, volleyball, there will be no cross uh, cross scheduling, so it just yeah. I mean, I, at this point, I'm, I'm used to it. <laughs> Crazy stuff. All right, if you want to be a part of the program, five three one five hundred forty six eighty six. That is our sports nightly hotline, brought to you by the Woodhouse Auto Family, bringing you more choices in brands, locations, and service. Experience the difference. Purchase with confidence. This is Woodhouse Husker softball. As Josh told you, in the ticker began today. All of the teams in the Big Ten are down in Florida playing at a complex down there. Nebraska split a pair of games today with Indiana. They'll play two tomorrow against Michigan State and then two on Sunday against Ohio State. Ben, I just noticed the Husker baseball Twitter account has some pictures up. It looks like the guys headed out to Dean Hartog, which is a um, LPS-run field here in Lincoln. And it looks like they had an outdoor practice today that Dean Hartog has field turf, which I'm guessing with the, the melting that we've had and then maybe just clearing off the field turf with a snowplow, they got an outdoor practice today. That's a pretty good little deal. I love that. Yeah, get those guys outside, see some ground balls, get some fly balls, kind of get that under your belt before uh, before you head down to the state of Texas. So absolutely, get them out there. Uh, I know they've, they've been practicing at Memorial Stadium a couple of times, yeah. but – yeah, get get them on a ball field and just get them used to seeing the ball in the skies. Anytime you can get out before your first game is a huge bonus. Absolutely. So I just that just got posted on the Husker baseball Twitter account a couple of minutes ago, and you can see uh, even looks like even Coach Bolt's hitting some fungos or something out there. So uh, they got to go out there and uh, have a have a practice outside today. It wasn't overly overly warm today, mid forties, but I. It's, when we're when we're below zero a week or so ago, mid forties sound feels like sixty degrees. So, uh, the Oscar baseball team set to open their season a week from today. Ben and I will be down in Austin, Texas, as Nebraska will play in Round Rock against Purdue, a four game series against the Boilermakers. Looking forward to seeing this team compete under now second year coach Will Bolt. Did not get a full first year, but uh, with only the fifteen games last year before COVID. Shut it all down. All right, here's what we have on the show tonight. Parker Gabriel, the Lincoln Journal star, going to join us here in a little bit. He uh, sniffed out a story that Nebraska is talking about playing 
their opening game in 2022 in Ireland against Northwestern. Of course, the 2021 season was supposed to start in Ireland against Illinois, but it was announced last week that that is off the table. But Parker's discovered that talks are ongoing, but this time the opponent would be Northwestern to play over in Dublin, Ireland. We'll look at the latest from Parker about that. Coming up in hour number two, last Friday, Ben had a great conversation with Cam Taylor-Britt. We're going to replay that, so if you didn't get a chance to hear it last week, we'll have it for you coming up here in the top of hour number two. We'll go beyond the headlines as well in the second hour of the program. Hour number three, we will have our weekend preview. Ben has not put one of these together for over a month because we've not had some Friday night shows because of volleyball and uh, some men's basketball games that have bumped us off the air on Friday nights, but he'll return with an encore presentation of that. We'll hear from uh, the head basketball coach, Fred Hoiberg, met with the media today to preview the upcoming games, including the one tomorrow night against Minnesota. We'll have our week interview and our winners and losers for you as well. We're back, Sports Highly here on a Friday night. Greg Sharp, Ben McLaughlin with you. and Delighted to be joined now by Parker Gabriel of the Lincoln Journal-Star. Mr. Mr. Gabriel, how are you doing? You hanging in there? Are you ready for some oh. spring? Yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm re- We've had good, good spring-like, well, early spring-like weather this week. Yeah, doing well. Wish I was uh, settling in to tune into some some high-level volleyball this evening. But other than that, I'm doing well. Ooh. Man, the league's getting hit hard with that. A bunch of matches canceled in the Big Ten this yeah, weekend. And, you know, the, the one thing, and, and I didn't have you on to talk about this, but you opened the door for this. Why can't they have some flexibility? You've got a bunch of teams that can't play, but a bunch of teams that can that can't play because their t- opponent can't. Why don't you shuffle the deck and go, well, you were going to go on the road anyway. Just go fly over there and play them now. I, I don't understand why they can't have a little bit of flexibility with this. Yeah, I wondered about that too, and then I also wondered about. I mean, you just, the, you know, volleyball fans, anybody really. I mean, I was in, I was in uh, Madison, lat, you know, December of 2019 for the the regional matchups. You know, Nebraska, and it was was there, and and so was Wisconsin and Hawaii. I mean, it's just it's such a high level of of volleyball and of college athletics that you would hope that. Uh, one that they could move around within a week like this, but also just that you get to see those two teams play at some point this year, even if that means, you know, shuffling other things around because it'll matter for uh, NCAA tournament seeding. It'll matter in the national rankings, obviously. Um, but I mean, both those teams have their eyes on, on national championships as do a couple of other teams in the big 10. So you just hope that, that you get to see that level of play uh, in the regular season and in the postseason. At yeah, point. yeah, no doubt, no doubt. You know, there just there are three or four matches that aren't going to happen this weekend, and I just like Illinois. It was supposed to play Michigan State, so that's on the sideline. Why not just Nebraska? Your plane right. was supposed to go to Madison, veer off, and go to Champaign. Let's play yeah. Illinois this weekend, and we'll shuffle next yeah, weekend. Exactly. I don't know. Central Illinois, just put it right down there. Pop her in there. There's already hotel rooms reserved. Go ahead and get them. So, uh, hey, talking about shuffling the deck a little bit you you stumbled on something earlier in the week that nebraska now talking about playing in dublin iron now to start the 22 season what'd you come up with yeah yeah so we've got a got a tip and and um you know sources have told us that uh, nebraska is, is working on uh going back to ireland in, in 2022 i think the date is august 27th you know similar setup week zero uh open the season over there um 
the opponent would not be Illinois because uh, Nebraska, just I mean, to put it simply, isn't going to give up a, a game at Memorial Stadium to go overseas and play. And so um, it, it would not be Illinois like it was originally scheduled to be. Um, the most likely opponent would be Northwestern. Um, so you're still opening with a, a Big Ten opponent in Ireland in 2022. Um, and, you know, that's something that, uh, you know, nobody involved in the universities you know, everybody has said uh, that it, that there's nothing official at this point. Uh, they're hoping to announce the 2022 uh, matchup in the next month or two. Um, but Nebraska has been involved in those talks, and they're trying to push it toward the finish line to uh, to, to get the Huskers back over there um, just one year delayed from, from the original plan. It's pretty obvious, isn't it, that, that the folks who organize this thing want Nebraska, don't you think? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and you can tell why. I mean, the the ticket package, the, the ticket sales uh, when they went on sale. I think I remember John Anthony, who's the the CEO and founder of Anthony Travel, who you know plays a major role in putting this uh, Aer Lingus Classic on. I think they said 1,200 ticket packages the first day that tickets went on sale. Um, they were ahead of the record pace. Um, they were saying that you know it was going to be the the largest group of Americans in history to travel to Europe for a single sporting event, and so Ooh. that's uh, that's an odd record to have in the book. But uh, it would be a cool one. It would definitely be one that uh, Nebraska fans w- you know would push toward if they play over there. So I think you know. The, and it was supposed to be Notre Dame in August of, of 2020. That game obviously got got canceled too. Notre Dame opens the 2022 season at Ohio State um, on that on week one, and so that probably uh, isn't movable at this point. Uh, that's a that's obviously a marquee game, and so uh, I, I think just sort of reading the tea leaves that it would make a lot of sense uh, for for the Erlingus Classic folks, and they would think of it as a home run if they could have. Nebraska there in 2022 and then Notre Dame there in 2023. Yeah. Uh, opening with conference games can be a little dicey. Nebraska is going to do it this fall, I guess, with Illinois. They're going to let them play on week zero. Are you surprised that, that even though the game in Ireland got bumped, that they're, the league and, and the two schools are still okay playing then? And, and I guess you have to get a waiver, don't you, to play week zero? Yeah, yeah, they did have to get a waiver. And I think, you know, I think that the – they knew, I mean, everybody knew that, that the, the 2021 game in Ireland was on the rocks, you know, for several weeks, that it was unlikely to happen. And so I got the, I got the sense that when the Big Ten unveiled their adjusted 2021 conference schedule, um, you know, shortly before that the Ireland game was officially moved back to the States, and they still at that point had uh, Nebraska and Illinois slated for week zero. Uh, they, they needed a waiver, but I think they pretty much knew uh, that that was going to be okay in the eyes of the Big Ten and the NCAA. And so um, it's always, like you say, it's it's a, it's a little bit of a different beast, and it's something that we've really yeah. seen for the first time uh, in the in in recent years where the Big Ten plays, you know, has some conference games to open the season. Um, I, coaches tend to like it in some ways. Of course, you know, opening with Ohio State that's a big challenge, but. Um, I think you have your team's attention right away in camp uh, when you've got a league team uh, on the schedule first up. And then with the with it still being week zero, but not having to travel very far to play it, that's probably a pretty good deal for Nebraska, too, because you get to start camp a week earlier. Uh, they'll be off and running, you know, by the last week of July, say. Uh, and so it's going to be the summer, uh, hopefully, you know, the summer, the summer in in Nebraska f- football's world is going to go pretty quickly because they'll be up to speed uh, by, by you know, the third or fourth week of July. 
And with a veteran quarterback, I don't think you mind playing a road game right away because you feel like you should be able to settle into that. And with Adrian Martinez, Nebraska would have that uh, this fall going to, to Illinois. Again, visiting with Parker Gabriel of the Lincoln Journal Star here on Sports Nightly. Usually, about now, Parker, we're kind of getting ready and geared up for some spring ball, but not this yeah. year. Uh, push back, well, uh, almost a full month, isn't it, before they're going to get out there and, and start their practices? Yeah, I think so. By 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 this time last year, I mean, we were getting ready for, like you say, for the beginning of spring ball and all that. But uh, this year, just with the way, there's a couple things that, that, that work uh, toward pushing it back. One is just, um, you know, played a little later. Uh, and not getting done until about Christmas. Um, and then on top of that, the academic calendar is different, as you know, for mm-hmm. the spring semester at UNL because of COVID, there's no spring break. And so they're able to sort of push that back. Um, so they're going to practice basically five straight weeks from March 30th and then through the week that leads up to the red-white spring game on May 1st. Originally, part of what they were hoping was uh, that the NCAA's recruiting dead period would end April 16th, and then they'd be able to have some recruits, in addition to hopefully fans, um, at the spring game on May 1st. The, the NCAA and the Division One Council, you know, pushed that dead period out to May 31st. So you don't get that benefit of playing the spring game a couple weeks later than normal, uh, but you do have the benefit of, you know, there's no spring break, which I know most college kids, that's not actually a benefit. Um, but for the football program, it means you don't throw spring break in the middle of spring ball. You just go from March 30th, five straight weeks up to May 1st, and then play the spring game with, you know, hopefully a good number of fans in Memorial Stadium for that game. Well, I know Bill Moose is, is, is banking on that. We'll see. We'll see what happens and what the local health officials say about how big a crowd they're going to have for that spring game. Also, this time of year, normally, Parker, not only are you gearing up for spring ball, but you're knee-deep in recruiting, and you have junior days and you have kids on campus. Well, the NCAA says, uh-uh, they've pushed this kind of closure down through the end of May. How frustrating do you think these coaches are with, with uh, not being able to kind of get back into a normal sense of recruiting right now? Yeah, I think I think coaches are really frustrated, and I think I think kids are even more frustrated. I mean, it's just been so long. You know, the 2021 class for you know a lot of people maybe don't follow it that closely, but you really start kids that are recruited at a really high level. You at least go to a junior day, like you say, when you're a junior, maybe when you're even a sophomore. And so, although the 2021 recruiting class, which some of those guys are already on campus now and all of that. Many of them before the pandemic were at least able to see a few schools. Many of them had their their recruitments were heavily impacted, obviously, as the as the spring and summer went along. And they ultimately had to pick which schools they were going to without taking visits. But the 2022 class is really even more impacted because the this dead period extends back to well before even their junior seasons in high school. And so some of these kids weren't really on the college radar scene at all uh, or very little when the dead period started. And now you're through your junior season, you're, you're hoping maybe to make a decision in the spring or summer, and you still don't really know when you're going to be able to meet a coach in person at all or go to a college campus. And so um, by the time, by the time May 31st rolls around, it'll be 15 months um, or 14 months that the, that the dead period has been, in place and the NCAA has said that they're going to make every effort to try to have uh, restrictions and a plan in place so that it doesn't need to be extended again. I think that's, that's really important because it's gotten to a point where uh, you you can't take the entire 
uh, recruiting process away from kids. I understand there's a lot of health mm. concerns and all of that, and it, it's good to be safe and cautious with it. Um, but we've found ways to make a lot of other things work. And this is a really important one for a lot of high school kids out there, regardless of if the, it's Nebraska or uh, the university of North Dakota or wh- whoever you are. I mean, it, you know, the kids should have the opportunity to see this, the colleges they're, you know, choosing from at some point along the way. Totally agree. And, you know, I know this runs through the end of May, but by June 1st, by the, the pace we're on right now, you would think anybody who kind of wants a vaccine probably is going to have it by then. And at that point, I don't know how you can keep shutting this down. At some point, you've got to give that opportunity to those young kids and boys and girls, student athletes, even just normal students, a chance to go visit campuses and see that type of thing. Should there be concern right now, Parker, that there is not a commitment yet for that 2022 class, or is is, Nebraska, is that kind of par for the course? What, what Are other schools way ahead of that curve right now? Yeah, there, there are definitely some schools that have filled a bunch of spots, and then there's others that, you know, like Nebraska, are off to a, a pretty slow start. At one point, this was – uh, maybe three weeks ago. So I think the numbers have changed a little bit, but, but a couple of weeks ago, you know, four of the seven schools in the big 10 West did not yet have a verbal commitment. I think Wisconsin's got one now, I, I think um, perhaps Iowa and Purdue have, have one or two. So those numbers are starting to pick up a little bit, but yeah, it's, I think in general, the, the way that the way that recruits have thought about it, generally speaking is, you know, Hey, look, I want to, I want to take visits. And I think, you know, for Nebraska, they want kids to take visits because they they find that recruits think differently about the University of Nebraska once they've been to Lincoln, seen the city, seen Memorial Stadium, been on campus, met the coaches in person, and so that that's a fine uh, you know strategy to take, and it's one that I don't think is going to raise too many eyebrows that they're off to a slow start, but at some point uh, it's going to have to pick up, and so I think the the challenge right now is to not cut that line too fine where you're okay with a slow start, um, but you can't get yourself too far behind the eight ball. And so I think there, there may be a low level of concern uh, pushing toward moderate, but I, I really don't think it's a, it's, I really don't think it's something to be, you know, overly worried about at this point. And I think you'll see, you know, something of a run uh, later in the spring and early in the summer as they start to get kids on campus. All right, very good. Well, good to catch up with you. Great stuff on on the Ireland thing. I know there's a. I talked to a lot of Husker fans who th- they want to do this trip, and so I think they're excited that this is maybe still in play. Not not in 21, but obviously in 2022. So nice job on breaking that. Yeah, I appreciate that. And hopefully, it feels like a long way off right now. But man, it would be it would be fun if that was uh, if that was at the, the 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 pot at the end of the rainbow, so to speak. No doubt, 18 months away. Thanks, Parker. Be be safe. Yep, have a good week. Greg Sharp, Ben McLaughlin with you here on a Friday night. Time for us to go beyond the headlines. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Five seconds left in the game. You believe in miracles? Yes! And that's the way it is. Good night. Beyond the Headlines. And Austin and I join you for this edition of Beyond the Headlines. I was telling Austin before we came on, it's been a long time since I've done one of these. I feel like we, we've done a you know a handful of them over the past few months, but I've have been uh, I haven't been on them. So this is my first foray into this in, in a few months. Nice. 
Welcome right. back. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate it. Uh, I'll jump in with the, the first topic. Uh, and from this past weekend, a UFC fight that had to be canceled because one of the contestants didn't make their weight. Rafael Alves was uh, the fighter's name. And he didn't just w- miss his weight by a little bit. He weighed in at 157 and a half pounds for his bout with Patrick Sabatini. The problem is the weight limit for his featherweight fight was 146 pounds, putting him oh. 11 and a half pounds over the limit at weigh-in, making it the biggest miss for a weigh-in in oh, UFC man. history. Uh, <laughs> so did you, either of you guys have um, anything like that where you, you, you know, had weigh-ins that you needed to make for sports or, you know, people telling you to gain weight or lose weight for sports that you played? Well, I, I wrestled in high school, and at the time I was in the lightest weight class by, like, a significant margin. <laughs> so uh, I uh, didn't uh, ever have a problem. And, in, in fact, I was still trying to gain weight during the season. Then the next year uh, I, wrestled, I wrestled in a duel, and I can fully admit this now because it's several years after the fact, but um, I was way overweight, but they didn't make us <laughs> weigh in. And and like because I hadn't wrestled at that weight class all year, and they, yeah. and, the, and so they're like, okay, well you're just gonna wrestle 103, and I was wrestling at 112, <laughs> and I was I was still comfortable at that weight at one. I mean there was no way I lost nine pounds. And when we went to check in at the scores table, and the, the poor kid I was wrestling was maybe 90 pounds. So like <laughs> I, 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 I even if I was 103, I would have had him, you know. And 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 so I was long and lanky for those that n- know me. And I remember checking into the scores table. <laughs> And the gal keeping score goes, there's no way that kid's 103 pounds. I was like, well, didn't have to weigh in. So. Well, <laughs> joke's on you. And I won. Yeah. Nice. Dominated. Moral of the story. Uh, no, I never I never really had one of those restriction things. Um, yeah. You know, you, you, when you're around youth sports enough, sometimes you'd like to check some birth certificates of some right. athletes. You're like, there's no way that's a six-year-old kid. Look at him. He's like, yeah. he's like, a, he's like a teenager. Yeah. Little League <laughs> He's baseball. growing a beard. He's in playing a six-year-old soccer game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, for me, I can kind of contribute to this a little bit. My freshman year, I was five foot nothing and just about 100 pounds. Um, and I asked my basketball coaches what they wanted me to work on over the offseason. They said, grow eight inches and put on 35 pounds. <laughs> Ended up with the eight inches of height, so I got to 5'8 by next basketball season, but uh, only 30 of the 35 pounds. Well, did most of it. That was good effort by you. Most of the way there. <laughs> All right, topic number two. We'll stay in the time machine, but hop a little bit further back. So nine years ago today, bowler Pete Weber rolled a strike on his last throw to defeat Mike Fagan by a single pin to win his fifth U.S. Open. Weber followed that up with his now-famous who-do-you-think-you-are-I-am statement. <laughs> so first of all, just react to that now. How, how is that aged? And what's something you think you could scream, who-do-you-think-you-are-I-am at after completing something? <laughs> I remember that happening. Yeah. Uh, that that's kind of timeless. I think that lasts a long while. You could still grow, throw that out there today and still get away with it. Um, <laughs> by, that's by, great. What was? It? I was gonna say. By the way, the, my favorite part of that video is the, is him wearing sunglasses inside. Yeah. And I actually, yeah. I I read a follow up on that today. I saw that story today, and I read a follow up on it. He was yelling at these like kids in the stand, like these kids that were kind of heckling him. That's who he yelled it at. It wasn't at his opponent. It was at these like. 11 12 year old kids in the stands <laughs> that were heckling him throughout the match cam newton and what was proud 
What was the second part of the thing for us, Austin? Oh, what is something that you're good at that if someone challenged you at and you beat them, you would yell that? (laughs) (laughs) For me, I'll start us off. For me, it'd be housing pizza rolls. (laughs) Anyone challenges me, no, they're going down. That's good. Like, like, how how does, like, I want to know, like, okay, five minutes after it happened and someone heard him scream, that'd be like, is that... Did you, did you misspeak? Like, what, what did you mean to say? Like, <laughs> right. Like, yeah. It, clearly, it makes no sense, right? I might, I'm, when I'm done with the dishes tonight, white, my wife's sitting at the ki- kitchen table, I might just throw that out there and see what kind of <laughs> Who do you think you I are? Have. I am. <laughs> <laughs> or, a little, or a little Uno card game, and you win. You go, yeah. who do you have? Throw that well, up It's not Monopoly, because she just takes me to the woodshed every time. Yeah. <laughs> She's the one we that's going to We don't that play that game in, in this house anymore. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it would be that's for me. That's great. That's a great topic. All right. We, we uh, return back to uh, um, a little sports that – we are maybe a little bit more accustomed to watching in the NBA and the Brooklyn Nets are currently on an eight game winning streak, but a lot of attention on that team has uh, turned to the comments of guard Kyrie Irving this week. And on Wednesday on social media, and then last night in a press conference, Irving said that he believes Kobe Bryant should be the figure used for the NBA logo, which currently uses the silhouette of Jerry West dating back to 1969. So would you guys be open uh, to a change to the logo image, and if so, would you go with Kobe or someone else? I'm absolutely I'm open to it. Oh, yeah, go ahead, Greg. I- I'm totally fine for the change. I think that's fine. Wes has had his time. Let's let's do on. And I think it would be a nice gesture for the NBA to go with Kobe Bryant. I mean, he 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 was taken from us way before he should have been. I think it would be a nice honor for Kobe to have that. I and, and I don't know that Jer- I don't think Jerry West would have an issue with it either. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I am totally fine with honoring Kobe in some some way like that, right? Name an award after an NBA award after him or something. And um, I mean, to me, logos are, are a little more precious just because you know I guess that's that you know traditionalist baseball in me. But that was such a tragic event to a player that was so well respected. I think the the critics of that would say, well, Kobe didn't exactly live, you know, a, a clean sheet, you know of moral moral compass off the floor his entire life but i am more than okay with giving some type of uh honor remembrance name name something after him in the nba something that that is that is frequent if, if that's the logo so be it but yeah i i am more than okay with throwing an honor his way in, in some capacity there love it so have you guys eaten dinner yet that's a question before this oh, question. No. <laughs> okay, well... We're all hungry. Sorry. Um, we're talking about pizza for this question. I need a Snickers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so earlier today, a uh, pizzeria in Des Moines uh, added a new creation to its menu, a Fruit Loops pizza. <laughs> and maybe this will You're take you out of the mood for up. dinner. It's pizza crust, Fruit Loops, and cheese. Oh. <laughs> Just that simple. <laughs> so this, this place, Fong's Pizza, is well known for its unique creations. And my job I'm giving you guys is to rank these four of their pizzas in order from what you think would be your favorite to your least favorite. All right, let's so go. Do go. it. The first one is the Fong's Giving, which is mashed potatoes, turkey, corn, gravy, mozzarella cheese, and jalapeno cranberry sauce. Mm. Pizza number two is the Iowan, which is Canadian bacon, real bacon, pulled pork, barbecue sauce, and corn. 
Pizza number three is the egg roll, chicken, pulled pork, mirepoix, cabbage, mozzarella, sweet and sour sauce, wontons, and sweet chili. And pizza number four, the General Tso's chicken pizza, which is breaded chicken, water chestnuts, baby corn, roasted red pepper, green onion, and an assortment of cheeses. All right, for me, the Iowan is absolutely number one. King, champion. Yep. Uh, I was hard to egg- say, by the way. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Anything yeah, good for point. me. <laughs> yeah, good point. Uh, egg roll would be two for me. Fongs would be three. And General Sal's, too much, too many veggies on that. That would be my fourth. Yeah. Ben. All right, for me, I've got the uh, uh, the Canadian bacon one. I think that's the Iowa one, right? That's yep. number yep. one. Yep. I've got the last one at number two. Ooh, okay. Oh. Is that the General Sal's? It is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, and then the number three, give me the other chicken one. Okay. The egg roll. Uh, and then four will be the Thanksgiving one. Right. Okay. I, yeah. I'm, in, I'm kind of in the same camp as you guys. Definitely going with the Iowan. And, again, hard for me to say that as number one. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I, I might actually move up the, the Fong giving one up a little bit. That one at least interests me. It, it could go really poorly. But if I was in the right mood, I think it would be, it would be good. And then uh, probably egg roll and then general so's. Yeah, for me, it's Iowan, and then probably egg roll, actually, then Fong's Giving and uh, General Tso's. But if you can keep the cranberry sauce off it, Fong's Giving would absolutely vault up my list. Yeah, and now I'm really hungry. That's uh, it's I, <laughs> Even though not all of those sounded super appetizing, just talking about food and, and pizza in general is, is making me even more hungry. Uh, so we'll move on to topic number five. And earlier this week, the uh, police force in Karachi, Pakistan, announced that they would be Uh, deploying a special police unit that will patrol on rollerblades. They said that they have had a hard time keeping up with street crime and condensed areas in the city. They'll be deployed in uh, some areas where there's well-paved roads, obviously, and then and well-paved sidewalks. So if you guys were police officers and could use any mode of transportation on your patrol, what would it be? Uh, would not be rollerblades. Right. If, if they run down stairs, you're hosed. <laughs> there are a lot of places where you'd be in trouble. Um, By the way, watching the video, like they had videos of them training, and it was hilarious to watch these guys. Like they were not very comfortable on their feet on these things, all. but they were still like doing training maneuvers where they were, you know, practicing drawing their guns and doing all sorts of moves. And it, they were, yeah, not too smooth on the skates. I've only rode these things a couple times, but every time I have, they've just been an absolute blast. Give me a jet ski. Ooh. I would love Ooh. to just go motor around Maritime on one of those. Crime. Yeah, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be cool with that. <laughs> I, I would need to you. make sure I had plenty of sunscreen out there, though, because I'd fry. <laughs> but, yeah, give me a jet ski. All right. You've got you to gotta totally be in near water, though, so you'd, have, you'd be like a lifeguard or That's something. That's all right. I mean, no, no, I'd, I'd be, you know, put me on... You know, put me in a lake or something. You right. know, where you got to patrol know, party those. Central, make right. sure, make sure boats are going the right speed and everyone's operating with a license and not, you know, consuming beverages while they're right. driving their boats. Yeah, give me, just give me out there on the water. I'll were there accept any, it. Were there any police officers on jet skis in Venice when you went to Italy? Um, I wasn't around any beaches in Italy, so so can't confirm or deny. Lake Como did not see any jet ski police officers. All right. Huh. Great. I'm a big fan of the Paul Blart mall cop. Yeah. Yes. Oh, God. So 
You know, like, what, what is that thing? It's the a Segway. Segway. That's a, that was going to be my answer was a Segway. Those are fun. Uh, Absolutely. I, 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 even, I did a Segway tour one time yeah. in the city, and I loved it. I had a great time. Same, yeah. I, down in Florida with my in-laws, we, we've gone on Segways. It's, it's a blast. I, do, I will yep. say I have had a bad experience, but I think I've told you this story with police officers on Segways. I, was, I don't know why. I had, it was a case of mistaken identity. I was in Love Library on UNL's campus, and <laughs> I was surrounded by police officers who thought I was someone else, and... <laughs> I was detained for about 10 minutes my freshman year, about one, one week into my time on campus. Holy I, cow. I, my heart was beating fast, I'll tell you and that. And if you know Josh, this was well-deserved. I mean, he obviously <laughs> was doing something Smuggling drugs. so outrageous yeah, to was... where yeah, that, he, that, that was required. And, but you know, I, they, I kid you not. They made a big mistake, let him go after 10 minutes. There was, uh, there was prob- no fewer than 10 police officers and Good two gosh. or three of them on segways that were riding. What did they <laughs> think you did? I do not know. They didn't tell me, and I didn't ask. I was just glad to get out of there. Did they at least like, hey, Larry. Rights? Yeah. What's that? Did they at least they give call you Miranda you? rights? They didn't call me anything. No, they did not read me my rights. They just were asking me questions and asked for my, you know, like they asked for my identification. And after they ran my ID, they let me go. So that was it. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Wow. That's yep. quite a story. Thanks. I feel like we should almost end it there. But <laughs> no, we got, we'll we got keep two going. more to get to. Um, my number six here, uh, we go to the NFL in some quarterback drama, this time from the Pacific Northwest as the Seahawks and their quarterback, Russell Wilson, are leaning toward a split as after Wilson made some public comments about the state of the team. Of course, this comes after Deshaun Watson of the Houston Texans already asked to be traded away. So which quarterback, Watson or Wilson, has the bigger gripe with their respective team? And if you were a GM and Patrick Mahomes was off the board, which quarterback would you prefer to have? I'm taking Watson just because he's younger. And to be honest, I don't know that that either one really have a huge gripe. I mean, Watson should have saw the writing on the wall when he signed his extension last year. I mean, for crying out loud, like, you, you, how could you not have seen this coming? <laughs> um, but I guess I have the bigger gripe with Russell Wilson. Like, you, you know, he had a dominant defense for how long? Yep. And, you know, the, just, just a, a coach that, you know, just goes goo-goo over him and He's had a great situation his entire career. Now all of a sudden you're not winning on the field and you're in a bad situation. I don't I, get out of here with that. So I'll say Deshaun by a, by a hair, but he doesn't have a lot of ground to stand on in my opinion either. Now I'm with you. I I, no, I, mean, I don't feel real sorry for either one of these guys. I would lean Watson too because they they've rolled out the red carpet for Russell Wilson in Seattle. They've surrounded mm-hmm. him with a pretty good cast. He's acting like there's not enough around him. Are you kidding me? That, that group of wide receivers is really good. Watson has had some. Now, last year the the DeAndre Hopkins move was really puzzling for the Texans. I can see where that would agitate. So I'm with Ben. I'll lean Watson on this deal. All right. Well, we uh, we'll wrap this up with a topic that is just as important as that one and. Uh, I'll just read this headline verbatim and we'll go from there. Uh, A dozen camels disqualified from Saudi beauty pageant over Botox injections. And I'm sure you guys have a lot of questions from this, so I'll I'll go through some of the details. Yes, there is a camel beauty contest in Saudi Arabia, and it's apparently a big deal. It has over $30 million in prize money that's a part of it. Uh, A veterinarian, though, is caught not only giving Botox injections to the 12 camels, but also performing plastic surgery on them to reduce the size of their ears and some other enhancements. So uh, 
Not sure if this is a great question or a great road to go down here, but we're going to ask you if you had a chance at a free plastic surgery to change your appearance uh, to one part of your face or body, what would you choose? And you have to pick something. You can't just say, I'm fine with the way I am. Well, oh, I, I, mean, I think I, Greg and I would sign up for the same I, package. I, I'd like some more hair. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think we both. I think maybe we get to buy one, get one free type scenario. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I think that's where I'd lean. All right. You two, you two guys who have hair, what would you do? Yeah, I don't know. Austin, you go first. Uh, I mean, th- those two aren't setting records either. <laughs> no, we're. I'm. I'm heading in the same direction as you guys. I'm a little bit further advanced than Austin, but I. Uh, I'm, I'm taking some surgery on my abs. Get the the washboard abs without having to work for it. That's where I'm going. Hey, that's see actually if a I good did one. that, it wouldn't look proportionate to the rest of my body. Oh. It would just be like you know, it would just be weird. It's, it's not going to be like be the only part the of my body that would UFC. be cut. I'm just saying something a little better. <laughs> yeah, those of us that are follically challenged, we yeah. would, that's exactly where we go right there. Well, let's I'll, think about this for a second, guys. I mean, it must be a, a requirement to work here because. You know, Tim, Tim, Tim oh, yeah. is yeah. Tim, Tim's as far on the end of the spectrum as you could be. And he's barely out of college. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, now that's a good point. We don't I, really have a good head of hair on the staff, to be honest with you. No, it's a good point. I mean, Austin's probably about doing the best out of all of us. He's the leader Mick, in the clubhouse. <laughs> doesn't Mick, Mick's got some good hair. That's he? true. Yeah, yeah. he's got some flow. And, and Brett's not terrible. Like, he's, he's fine. Like, he's not going to lose his hair anytime soon, so. I guess it's not everybody, but we're we're batting probably under five hundred. So yeah, Woo, there you go. Good stuff, man. You guys nailed it. That that was a really well done segment there. Thanks. Let's get it going with the preview. It's time for the weekend preview, the part of the show where we tell you everything you have to watch this weekend. Come in, watch. It'll be a good one. Sometimes we give you good advice. I could watch that all day. But we're not perfect. There were times I'm like, this is so dumb. Why am I watching this? It's the Weekend Preview with Ben McLaughlin. Going to be honest, Greg, it was a, a little strange, you know, going through the uh, the stuff for the weekend. You know, we went through a long time there where we, uh, we weren't getting weekly emails on the, the schedule of Husker Sports. <laughs> Not only are we getting them now, but the schedules are full. There is all kinds of Husker sports in act, act, action right now. Of course, some winding down, some just getting started. And this will be the last one without Husker baseball as they begin their season uh, next week down in Round Rock, Texas. So a full slate of Husker sports, never a bad thing. Love it. I love all these. And you've got sports that shouldn't be, wouldn't normally be going on this time of year and uh, then, but you know, some of the winter sports are actually wrapping up right now, which is really bizarre. Yeah, and, and sadly, no Husker volleyball um, to report as uh, the matchups with Wisconsin postponed uh, due to COVID issues uh, up in Madison. So uh, we'll start with the action that we do have, starting first with men's basketball to take on Minnesota at Pinnacle Bank Arena uh, tomorrow at 6 o'clock on BTN pregame coverage beginning at 5 right here on the Husker Sports Network. Ken Pavelka and Jake Muleheisen. Team's kind of running out of chances, Greg, to to steal a couple of more wins uh, before the conference tournament. And, you know, we heard uh, Coach Hoiberg after the game last night talk about, you know, they just the, the focus, the energy, all of it just wasn't really there against Illinois. It's not surprising to me that, that you know, 
that, that that we've run into this issue. This team's played what ten games in twenty days, and pretty hard to bring your lunch pail. You know that 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 mentality every single night on the floor. Um, and, and really, this season, I think you can only point point to two instances that this has happened. Yeah, the Ohio State game, and then the one last night it got away from him. Although. I mean, even with about 11 minutes to go, I think it was still a six- or seven-point game, and then the, the Illini lowered the boom one more time. That's a really good team and not a great matchup. I like Nebraska tomorrow night in this game, though, Ben. I do. I just think Minnesota did not look good last night. They've got some injuries to a couple of guys. I think Huskers get one done tomorrow night. I hope so. We'll hear from Coach Hoiberg later on in the hour. Did you uh, – a little sneak peek, though. Did you get a sneak peek to- – into uh, the life of the Hoybergs with his coffee incident last night. Did you see or hear about that at uh, at Fred's house? Little story here. I We taped Coach's TV show earlier today, and he sat down and I go, man, you don't even have your wife on your side. She's even coming down on you on <laughs> social media. And he was like, I don't know. He goes, I can't. The fan, I go, do you have a dog? He goes, yeah. I go, well, hopefully the dog hasn't abandoned you yet. He goes, no, he's still with me. So, yeah, Carol Hoiberg with a little zing in her husband. He made a, a cup of coffee, or I think it was an espresso machine, and he didn't put a cup there. And so it just came spilling out with no uh, no cup to go into. He He's he's fried. Uh, the, those coaches have been burning the midnight oil for the last couple of weeks. It's I think it's harder on them than the players, Ben, because oh. they've got to do all the prep work and stay up late and watch film and break it all down and get it ready to roll. Well, in a case like Illinois, right, the players, not much has changed from personnel, you know. Other, no, no I.O. yesterday, but really other than that, um, not much has changed from their standpoint other than just getting their bodies physically ready, which which is a tough challenge, no question. But, yeah, I would agree it's much harder on the – and the coaches are older, let's be honest. I mean, that's, yeah. it's just hard, yeah. harder on harder on them. Um, also, tomorrow, women's hoops in action, also a home game. Uh, they take on the Spartans of Michigan State, BTN, plus 1 o'clock tip there. Get the feeling greatest team needs to hop back on the winning ways as their regular season kind of winds down. Two games left, it's all they have. And, yeah, that was a stinging loss the other night at Minnesota because I, I, I think that almost almost closes the window for Nebraska to be an NCAA tournament team. Uh, so th- this kind of goes in the must-win category. Michigan State's pretty good. Nebraska won in East Lansing earlier in the year. H- tough to beat somebody twice, but that, that'll be the challenge tomorrow. Yeah. Well, we uh, had talked about already the um, no volleyball on there and that Nebraska baseball um, will be in action next weekend. But there is a Husker women's sport that is a ball bat related that is in action. Nebraska softball opening their season today with the Indiana Hoosiers. They split a pair with IU, lose 3-1 in the opener to come back and win 4-2. And They'll come back and pull out this, Greg. They'll play four more games down in Florida uh, this weekend, two with Michigan State and two with Ohio State on Saturday and on Sunday. So they wanted games. They're getting games. And we'll, 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 you know, we'll see where the Huskers are at through six games down in Leesburg, Florida, open up their year. That, that's a lot. But, you know, softball, a lot of times early in the season, Ben, and you, you'll know this pretty well, that they'll go to – New Mexico State or they'll go to that tournament out in California and they'll play at least five so six is yeah it's a load but they don't play next week they get next week off before they go back down to Florida and do the same thing here in two weeks but got a split today you'd like to be able to come home 
above 500. Let's see if they can go sweep somebody in, the next, in one of these next two days. Yeah. Should mention uh, track and field uh, in action at the Big Door Indoor Big Ten Indoor Championships. That's in Ohio. That begins at 10 a.m. BTN Plus has coverage of that. So if you're interested in track and field, there's your place to go there as uh, track and field has their indoor championships. And Nebraska soccer, Greg, in action, opening their season. They'll battle the Buckeyes on Sunday in let me, Columbus. Let me, let, me, let me interrupt you. That match has been canceled due Ooh. to extreme caution for the health of the two teams. Well, that didn't take very long, did it? How about for that? For the soccer team to be affected. Uh, out of wow. an abundance of caution for both teams, the institutions have postponed that game. Okay, so they'll cautiously step away uh-huh. from that game, and uh, they'll return to the pitch hopefully sooner <laughs> rather than later. But uh, their season officially underway, which means yeah, our, our, our good buddy Kyle, who uh, you know works with us with football and also works with baseball and also works with softball and also works with soccer, he he is no mm-hmm. rest for the weary wow. right now in that equipment room working four sports at the moment. Yeah, and that's that's one of those sports that normally would be in the fall, but got shifted to the spring. Husker Soccer's zero and two. They have had a are they zero one and one? That they tied at zero zero, and they opened their season against Minnesota. They lost yesterday to Michigan State two 0 So they have not found the back of the net yet in two matches. So I'm sure they're really disappointed that I get the match with Ohio State in this weekend. Right. So whole whole full slate of of Husker sports, which is uh, it's great to have, and Love we'll it. have Husker baseball added to that roster next week. Let's jump into some Big Ten hoops for the weekend. We'll start first uh, with third ranked Michigan and Indiana. Boy, what a week it's been for the Wolverines. They have been dodging um, the COVID restrictions for a long time. They're back in action. Good game last night with the Iowa Hawkeyes and. Uh, uh, they take down the the Hawks in a big way, 79-57, on the heels of beating fourth-ranked Ohio State on the road. Michigan 17-1, and Greg, on the road in Bloomington at Assembly Hall. And Hoosiers still have a, a breath of making the NCAA tournament, but Saturday uh, matchup at 11 would go a long way in uh, helping them get a little bit added to that resume. They are hanging by a thread, and unbelievable what Tom Izzo seems to do. Like he pulls rabbits out of the hat. I know. This is the third or fourth time in the last five, six years where that team looks dead in the water in late January, early February, and he finds something by late February into March. You, if I think they're going to make the tournament now. I, uh, two weeks ago, I said there's no way they were going to make the tournament. They were going to play in the bunny bracket day, the first day of the Big Ten tournament. And now I think they're going to be a tournament team. I don't think Indiana is, I think. And I think that seat's going to get really warm for Archie Miller there in Bloomington. Yeah. It could be an under 500 finish, depending on how IU finishes the regular season. Third rank Michigan, 17 and 1 at Indiana, tips off at 11 at Assembly Hall. At 1 o'clock, Team Nebraska just saw. Fifth-ranked Illinois. No Io Dotsumu were expecting not to play again in this one at the Cole Center in Madison. Badgers slipping a little bit of late. They're just 10-7 and seven in league play, but still ranked 23rd in the poll. Still a really good team. Expecting a good one up in Madison. Should be a really good game, yeah. Greg mentioned Michigan State. Tom Izzo, they're on the road in College Park, Maryland, taking on the Terps Sunday at 1 o'clock. CBS, back-to-back CBS matinee matchups there we talked about Iowa and Ohio State both losers to Michigan this week they'll battle 
in Columbus as number four Ohio State, number nine Iowa, three o'clock on CBS. It just look it looks weird, Greg, seeing that fourth ranking next to Ohio State. They're going to fall in the polls a little bit, but have that having them even in the conversation um, for a, a number one seed, likely a number two seed now with the loss to Michigan State, but pretty incredible that uh, what they've been able to do and you know the talent that. Coach Holtman's been able to bring into Columbus. They're a really, really good program, and I mean they're gonna they're 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 poised for a deep run. I think he's a really, really good coach. I mean, he just I, the more I watch him, the more impressed I get with Coach Holtman. I think he's one of the better coaches in the country. And I remember how much Ohio State opened up the checkbook for him when they signed him mm-hmm. or hired him a couple years ago. And I thought, man, that seems a bit of a risk. Ooh, not anymore. I think he's legit. Yeah. Other matchups in top 25 action in college hoops as the regular season winds down. Sounds weird to say that. Big matchup in the Big 12 in the Lone Star State down in Lubbock. 18th-ranked Red Raiders, 14th-ranked Longhorns, tip at 11 on CBS. In SEC action on ESPN, tipping at 11, 25th-ranked Tennessee. Auburn, who has really struggled this year, just 11-13 and 13 for the Tigers. They've been a really good program the last few years, but they're struggling a bit this year, 11-13 and 13 overall on the year bedlam in norman oklahoma state seventh ranked oklahoma sooners up to seven in the polls have you watched watched much sooner basketball this year yeah i have they got beat in, in manhattan the other night they, they stubbed their toe there i like their team a lot uh i don't know what happened to them the other night that's not a very good k-state team that, that beat them a couple nights ago but i do like their team a lot Cade Cunningham, the more I watch him, Ben at Oklahoma State, the more I see what, what everybody raves about. I didn't first couple of times I tuned in early in the college basketball season, I didn't quite get it with Cade Cunningham, but now I do. I've seen enough of him that to know he'll be a legitimate star in the NBA. Projected number one overall pick in the NBA draft coming up here in a few months. In the ACC, eleventh ranked Florida State, Leonard Hamilton continuing to do work down in Tallahassee. They're uh, at the Dean Center in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Tar Heels up at 14-8, and eight, Greg, starting to play a little bit better. They're 8-5 and five in the ACC. Big game for North Carolina. Um, you obviously feel good about their you know, tournament resume now. They uh, just lose to Marquette a few days ago, but yeah. um, on, on a little bit of a roll, roll, roll right now at 14-8, and eight, and you know, I think uh, you know, win against a, nearly a top-10 team at home. Again, nice boost to their, their seeding if they can win a few more games. Yeah, it was it was um, odd to see them play Marquette like that. They that was I think a late addition to the schedule. Yeah, and Roy Williams kind of got quizzed about it afterwards. His answer was hilarious about why that game came out. But I'm with you. I think they're going to make it. I think they're going to slide in. But that didn't help them losing to Marquette the other night. No, Creighton on the road in Cincinnati taking on Xavier. Jay's up to 13 in the polls. That tips at four on Fox. So be on the lookout there. And a good one in Lawrence, 17th-ranked Kansas, second-ranked Baylor. Baylor Bears still undefeated at 18-0, but going to Lawrence, never an easy place to play with or without a crowd. How legit is Baylor in your eyes? Good, really good. They, they've been knocked. They've had two or three pauses because of COVID since this season began. That's why they've only got the 18 games in right now. I think they're going to get over 20 before the Big 12 tournament begins, but the I like them. I think they're really good. They're incredibly athletic. But I'll tell you what, I think I might I might lean Michigan a little bit more over Bayer, over Bader from what I've seen. Yeah, to keep our eyes and ears on that one um, over the weekend as well. And one other game, finish out the triple header on CBS on Sunday before your Big Ten 
battles. You've got 8th-ranked Villanova at Butler. Hinkle Fieldhouse, get used to that arena because you mm. will see lots of college basketball there as the NCAA tournament slated to be played in Indy. Hinkle Fieldhouse, such an awesome uh, little arena there in 8th-ranked Villanova. We'll go play the Bulldogs there 11 a.m. on CBS. So uh, good stuff there. Uh, we'll jump into some NBA action coming up this weekend. Uh, we're just nearing the All-Star break, but um, and, and you've got some really interesting situations regarding players and trades at the moment. Um, you know, Andre Drummond being one of them, a couple other guys that are just not playing right now because they're expected to be traded. Blake Griffin, another uh, with the Detroit Pistons. We'll start first with the Pelicans and the Spurs, 7 o'clock tip in San Antonio. Not stellar records for either of these teams, but I do think that they will be much better uh, in the future as the Pelicans, led by Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, uh, against the San Antonio Spurs. Really young athletic team for Greg Popovich. How, when was the last time you were able to say that about a Greg Popovich team, that they were, <laughs> that they were young and talented? You, you know, so that, then pe- wasn't that long ago that you had uh, right Duncan and Ginobili and Parker and all those guys that you know, needed wheelchairs to get out there on the floor, but... That's not the case with San Antonio anymore. They're, they're kind of young, young gun and flashy, uh, which makes them fun to watch. Other game on uh, TV, 730, ABC, Mavericks and Nets, Luka Doncic. Did you see uh, the finish to uh, the game with the Mavs earlier <laughs> yeah. this week? Doncic yeah. buries two fadeaway 30-footers, one Ridiculous. to tie. Uh, I think one put them up by one, and then they go down, um, uh, take the lead, and uh, – Dallas gets another crack at it. It's like a fadeaway 30-footer as time expires uh, to win the game for Dallas. Just 15 and 16, but again, really young and excitable team that they have. Uh, That game was against Boston, uh, who is really, really struggling right now um, uh, with Brad Stevens. But, yeah, interesting stuff there, and uh, there's your TV games. Not great records, but teams that are fun to watch nonetheless. And games on Sunday in the NBA on ABC, Clippers and Bucks. Tehran lose L.A. Clippers against Giannis Antetokounmpo, former MVP uh, in Milwaukee. Clippers fighting it a little bit. Paul George dealing with that foot issue uh, has come back nicely for them. Clippers at 23 and 11. The Clippers have been really battling a lot of injuries, but when Kawhi and when PG are on the floor and even Serge Ibaka, really good team and Obviously, Greek freak averaging 29, 12, and 6, uh, poised to have a, another MVP caliber season. That one tips at 2.30 on ABC for those interested in that. And then a late one on Sunday, ESPN. Steph Curry is pe- playing at almost an MVP caliber level uh, since uh, you know coming back from injury from last year. They'll take on LeBron and the Lakers 7 o'clock at the Staples Center in L.A. we got the all-star break coming up here, Greg. Wh- where do you fall down on, on that? Do you, it seems silly to me that they're going to try yep. and pull this off, but I don't know. Players Association's really fighting for it. Yeah, I, I to me, why why do it? You you because you had such a short off season. This would have been a chance to give everybody a couple of days off. Just give them the time off. Don't make them go play an exhibition game. But it's a money grab, right? That's what it all. It's a money grab to pay sponsors and all that stuff. But man, I'm sure the players would. Love to, to have four or five days just to downtime to kind of catch their breath before the stretch run and then into the playoffs again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we'll – I don't know. I mean, it's it's going to happen, whether whether we like it or not. Mm-hmm. It's a really, really bizarre situation. Have you gotten to watch much NBA? No, I mean, more in my weeks? college basketball mode right yeah. now. Once college hoops ends, I'll, I'll switch her back over and watch some NBA. <laughs> yeah, there you go. 
Um, well, let's talk some golf, and we'll start first with uh, not the tournament, but the big news of the week with Tiger Woods. You, when I heard the news, first of all, you want to make sure that he's he's going to live. He's he's going to survive it. And once once that happened, we, we he was going to be okay. My my first thought was, Greg, when is the first Hollywood production film of Tiger Woods going to come out? I mean, surely there's going to be a movie made about this guy's life with everything that he's been through. Um, man, it's almost like you you thought the chapter book closed, maybe at the Masters, and he'd ride off into the sunset. But I think you're starting another chapter right now with what's happened this week. It's unbelievable. Just un- I could not believe it. I thought it was a joke when I first heard it that he'd been involved in another car accident. But you're right. This one, I think he's lucky to be alive, to be honest with you. He is going to make it. Severe damage to his legs. I don't know if he'll ever play competitively again. I wouldn't bet against him, but it's going to be a-, a march up the up the hill because he's 45. He's not a you know not a 25 or 30 year old guy. It's going to heal quickly, but thank goodness he's okay, and you're right. Just another wicked tra- chapter in the life of uh, Tiger Woods. Yeah, I mean, you think about the – I mean, this is just in a golf sense now. It, he's already injury-prone as it is, and now you think about the rehab to have to come back from sounds like compound fractures to his mm-hmm. – open fractures to his tibia and fibia. I mean, this isn't like, you know, strain in a back or something like that. This is going to be a long road to recovery for him. But there is a golf tournament this week. Uh, we're going from coast to coast, and they're down in Bradenton, Florida. The Workday Championship at the concession. Brooks Kepka uh, at 11 under. Good field here. Um, last year's winner was Patrick Reed. And as you would expect, some uh, some pretty heavy hitter names here this weekend. So if you're in a golf or you want to watch some golf, you'll watch some of the best in the world go at it this weekend. It's one of those world golf championships you have to be in the top 75 in the world just to qualify to be a part of the field. So it's a really impressive field. So some good golf there. All right. And we're going to, you know, hey, we'll be, we'll, you and I'll be out hitting the links here for too long. We'll get this snow melted and courses will be back open again before you know it. I love that this snow's melting. Get it <laughs> out of here and keep it out of here. Ready for it to be no away. Do- Our Sports Nightly Hotline brought to you by the Woodhouse Auto Family, bringing you more choices in brands, locations, and service. Experience the difference. Purchase with confidence. This is Woodhouse. Greg Sharp, Ben McLaughlin, Josh Okeman, and Austin Orman. We're ready to take a spin around the room for our winners and losers of the week. Mr. Ben, lead us. Yeah, I'll, I'll just stick with the Husker sports for both my winner and my loser. My loser, Nebraska Volleyball, again losing out on an opportunity to play it was northwestern a couple of weeks ago and now uh losing a chance to play the number one team in the country the wisconsin badgers on the road say postponed we'll see if they can make those matches up hopefully they can at some point in the future and my winner is nebraska softball they split today but talked to coach travel earlier this week greg 355 days in between games for Nebraska softball, and they're diving face first into six of them this weekend down in Florida. So kudos to them for getting out and getting to play. Absolutely. Great to have that going on. All right, Josh. Well, mine are somewhat related to Ben's. Uh, You mentioned softball being down in Florida where it's warm. Well, we've had some warm weather this week. This is probably kind of a stupid one, but for me, the the last couple of weeks where it's been just ungodly cold have been just (laughs) – awful so this week of warm weather has felt like 80s so i 
It's been awesome. That's my winner is the warm weather this past week. My loser is basically what Ben said. It's I'm going to go with the volleyball fans, not being able to see number one versus number four and that matchup. And I, I'm just bummed as a Husker volleyball fan to, to not get to take that in. So that's mm-hmm. kind of a bummer and just not being able to play it all this weekend, not getting anything rescheduled or anything like and, that. And Josh, what were you telling me earlier? Is like there's like four or five other yeah. So over league half teams. Yes, yeah, so over half the league is not playing this weekend. There are wow. four matches that have been postponed, and there are three that are actually happening. So you'd think that wow. there would be an opponent out there somewhere for the Huskers, but uh, nothing. One on. would think yeah. we've learned our lesson. <laughs> we don't cross that line anymore. Yep. Snowflakes, Austin. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hey, guys, a good show so far. Thanks for letting me be a part of it here at the end. Nice to uh, get tacked on. I'm going to pull a surprise here. Listeners of the show may know I am a uh, ardent Duke Blue Devil basketball supporter, but I'm going to Chapel Hill for my winner of the week. Whoa. Their center fielder for the Tar Heels, uh, Justice Thompson is his name, a Juco transfer, had a heck of a debut for the Tar Heels, had a Double in the first inning, a bunt single after which he stole second, and a home run to left field in the sixth, as well as two incredible catches. A former center fielder myself, I do respect the hustle. So (laughs) first and last time, a Tar Heel will be a winner during my segment of a show. And my loser of the week, the Seahawks, all the news coming out about Russell Wilson not being happy, an article detailing the favoritism with Pete Carroll and his uh, progeny inside the offices there not a great week for a a football team that really wants to project that stability that talks about themselves like that the seahawk way not a great week in the pacific northwest Ooh, tough hey buckle up and put the phone down that's a reminder for the ndot highway safety office all right my winner of the week how about teddy allen for that performance the other night against penn state 41 points Second all-time behind Eric Piedkowski's 42. Guys, he was unconscious in that game, and you could tell Illinois was not going to give him much room to breathe last night. They were going to shut him down, but, man, he was amazing against Penn State the other night. I just wish the Huskers could have prevailed in that game. And my loser of the week are sports fans, and in particular golf fans, because we may never see Tiger Woods play a competitive round again after that tragic accident. Ben mentioned it earlier in the hour with the uh during the preview but just so tragic to see an, a prime athlete like that uh injured that badly in a car accident so tough news there uh and and i also had written down big 10 volleyball just because of all the cancellations crazy stuff right there big plans for anybody this weekend no i guess for me it's just sitting and trying to enjoy my last weekend without husker baseball kind of crept up on me here but um i'm ready for it and you know ready to to get out and see some ball and you know, try and just enjoy the last weekend at home. Boys in the back, you probably have games to produce, don't we? A couple of them. Well, I was supposed <laughs> to have volleyball, so that got taken off the docket for oh, me, unfortunately. Yeah. I uh, do coach a middle school boys C basketball team. We have a tournament next weekend. so You co- the... you coach basketball? Why am I just now <laughs> hearing about this? I oh. don't know why you're just now hearing about this. But, yeah, i got to put in the game plan for our season-ending tournament next weekend, so I'll be pouring good over the game film. Very good. All right, boys, have a great weekend. That has put a wrap on the show. Thanks to Ben, to Austin, to Josh, all of you. Enjoy the weekend. Volleyball free, but still have some Husker hoops. Talk to you again next week.